Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Maggie Santos. She is a light worker, an energy and spiritual coach, and intuitive. How are you doing today, Maggie? I'm doing well. How about you, Brad? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share your story and your journey with us. I'm honored and uh, very appreciative and grateful for you. So thank you for taking the time. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure and honor to be here. So thank you. So Maggie, you currently are working as an executive in education, but you have many other gifts and talents. As I mentioned, you're a light worker and an energy spiritual coach and intuitive. You also have an angelic and spiritual connection, which allows you to help others bridge the gap from loss, grief, and pain to understanding. That's one hell of a resume and list of skill sets. How old were you when you discovered that you could see energy and see things that others couldn't? So for me at a very young age, so about four or five, I would start to see things. I'd see, you know, people that I could see them, but not necessarily anyone else. I could feel energies. So I could be in a particular place and I could feel that I wasn't necessarily alone in that place. There was an entity there or something that would either make me feel like apprehensive or anxious, or in some cases, very peaceful and very at ease and and very comfortable. Mm -hmm. Could I decipher what it was that I was experiencing at that time? No. Would I ask? No. (laughs) (laughs) So I just kind of for the longest time thought that was just what everybody saw and that's what everyone felt. So I just kind of went about my business just like everyone else and carried on and never really asked for the longest time. Because as children, we, I think most children have connection too, but, you know, it's how we evolve and learn and grow through, you know, our life's journey that then that sets the trajectory of what stays, what goes, what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. So when you were able to finally discuss it, because as you said, you started, you learned of these gifts very young. So how did you bring this up or discuss this with your parents or with your friends at the age that you did? And when did you decide to open up about that? So it really took me until I was in my 20s, the very first time that I ever brought it up. So it wasn't something that in my childhood, I would have, you know, started talking about, you know, I remember saying, did you see that? And my friends would be like, see what? (laughs) Right? Okay, so I would just leave it that way. And I was very tomboyish growing up. So a lot of my friends were boys anyway. So the dialogue is different. Yeah. So yeah, it really wasn't until, you know, my 20s 
that I was in a car accident with my family. And uh, that was my first real like moment that I knew spirit was real. I knew I wasn't by myself. What I was seeing, what I was knowing was real. But then I just kind of dismissed it then too. Mm. Uh, So not childhood, but like really in my latter years of life. So 20s and then 30s, but wasn't until my father passed away two years ago that I was really able with his help because he's actually one of my guides on the other Ah, side um, to really start putting this into practice uh, reluctantly, (laughs) (laughs) but to fulfill the purpose that was shared with me when I had that family car accident at 19 and actually passed and came back. Wow. So I imagine then as a young child, that must have been difficult to keep that all inside and not be able to express it. So how did you deal with that as a kid? Like, was how tough was that for you? I think for me, I just, I just dismissed it. I think I, it was just easier just to block it out from conversation, right? I, you know, you played a sport, I went and played sports with the boys or hung out with, you know, my friends, but never, like, I just kind of knew, I think that, we don't talk about this. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a lot to, to, to carry. That's quite a thing to carry with yourself as a young kid and not be able to express and talk about it with someone. And I come from a background and, you know, and I can say this freely, like in our family, we didn't always talk about a lot of things. You just kind of moved on, carried on, did what you needed to do. Yeah. And we just didn't talk about a lot of things so <laughs> for me I was like oh I don't talk about it at home I don't need to talk about it here yeah. I just need to enjoy and have fun and yeah try and be a kid it. that's it <laughs> I had a lot of responsibilities as a kid too so I had to grow up pretty fast uh-huh. so I think in that whole mesh of things I just didn't I just did life and that yeah. was it yeah now I've spoken with a number of people who have these gifts or similar gifts and a couple of things that I've found that's common thread are that first, there's usually someone else in the family that shares or has similar gifts. And secondly, they're usually discovered at a very young age. So does anyone else in your family have these type of gifts? Yes. So again, I didn't learn about it until the latter part of my life. And so my dad was gifted with it as well, okay. which was interesting because we both walked around not talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember when I had the accident, I think a couple of years later, I finally opened up to him and said, you know, this happened to me. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. And so then that's actually when he came forward. He used to always say to me when I was younger and growing up, there's, you're, you're different. There's something different about you and right. it's okay. But I never really understood what that meant. I always thought, okay, so, you know, most of my circle was boys, you know? Yeah. And so that was, my brother was 10 years older and was a boy. So for me, I was always kind of, so I always thought maybe that's what he meant is that I wasn't. And I really wasn't, I wasn't the traditional girl with the, you know, the pigtails and the pretty (laughs) floral dresses. I was very much a tomboy. And so that made me different. So I always thought maybe that's what he meant, but um, it wasn't until 
we had that dialogue that then he explained to me, yes, and you come by it honestly because I have it too. Wow. Now you've mentioned the accident a couple of times and this, as you said, kind of confirmed your gifts for you, I guess, right? So can you speak a bit about that experience and what happened? Sure. So for me, that was actually a pivotal moment in my life. I was 19 years old. I'd gone on a family vacation. Uh, We were coming back. My dad had come to pick my mom and I up from the airport. And I was actually just getting ready that to enter university to do a criminology degree uh, program at U of T. Uh, So it was kind of like the summer to end all summers. And uh, (laughs) we were coming back from the airport and we were involved in a five car pileup with a tractor trailer uh, having dragged us. And so for me, it was all of a sudden I was kind of up here and I could see the car and I could see me in the car and I could see my father frantically trying to open the door yeah, to, to get me out. And then I could see the people running and I could see my cousin running towards the car and it was just, but I could see all this. So in my head, <laughs> I'm like, what's happening? How am I able to see myself there and yeah. not moving and see all this activity? And at that moment, that's when I realized, oh, something's up. And (laughs) I felt like a big beam of light and a presence come in. And at that point, I realized I was somewhere and but not here in the present. And so that entity, I call him God, to some it can be divine, the divine entity of some sort. But and he said to me, you know, you have a purpose and your purpose is to help others and you're going to help and guide people through this gift. Everything that you have seen, everything that you've experienced to this, to date, it's all real. Wow. Right. Because I'd walked around with this thinking, well, you know, maybe there's just something, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but I knew I was of sound mind and yeah. So, and so then, yeah, that was the confirmation. And I remember saying like, I can't do this. Like this is, you know, and they said, yes, that is your purpose and we will be here. And then I remember seeing like angels surrounding me. Wow. So then I was like, well, can I kind of stay here? (laughs) Like I'm going to help them from this side. And I no, I had to go back. They literally had said so they and then it was the weirdest sensation in the sense that now I went from being here in this dimension to now being back in the car, fire trucks, paramedics, and then now I was like in the present. So imagine you go through experience like that. Yeah. You're 19 years old. Mind blowing. Just starting your life. I'm going into a program that's, you know, very black and white. Yeah. In terms of logic and reasoning and, and I didn't utter a word. I kept it to myself (laughs) for years, (laughs) literally kept it to myself. But at that moment, after that experience, I started feeling and seeing things even more predominantly. Okay. But again, fearfully because of judgment. Right. You know, what would people think? You know, I'd worked so hard to get to university, you know, in a discipline that, again, very black and white. So I just kept it to myself. 
That's and said a, nothing. That's a lot to hold in. And, and I mean, I would think that it would probably be a little bit easier as a kid to hold that in and just kind of dismiss it than as an adult of 19 years old to struggle with that internally must have been much more difficult than as a kid. I think I just compartmentalized everything and I just compartmentalized that. Yeah. Still had experiences happening and even more profound experiences after that. But again, just, nope, I need to keep this to myself. And I have to tell you, it was not just fear of judgment, but, you know, all the stuff that you did hear from people who had this gift, you know, there was the side of darkness and evil and, you know, and, and the devil. And I was not like, that was the fear. I didn't want to engage or participate in any side of that. And so if I opened this up, what would happen? Yeah. And I didn't even know how I would open this up. Right. And so I just, felt it simpler to just compartmentalize, carry oh, on. Man. That's, that's <laughs> a lot. That is a lot to internalize and compartmentalize. How did that experience shape the Maggie you are today, do you think? Well, it's actually helped me see the world through different eyes. Once I started to really start to accept it and understand it, I started like, I would read up on it. I would you know, just to try and help myself understand what's happening. What does this mean? How do I help people? So how it's shaped me, it's taught me a lot about understanding, compassion, empathy, Mm. and the need for love and that people are genuinely good people. Uh It's just that, you know, our life's paths and our journeys are not always easy, but everything comes to teach us something. Yeah. Good, bad, and ugly. Yeah. And so that's where there's no need for judgment. And even when I do sit with people, I make it very clear there's no judgment here. Yeah. This is just purely healing. Okay. Now, you mentioned that you were on your way to start um, earning your bachelor's degree in criminology. Obviously, you didn't do that. So, no, I did. I finished. Oh, you finished? Oh, you did finish? Yeah. I have a criminology degree. But again, that's why I think the silence was so necessary, right? Because yeah. how do you explain that? And went in, like I did uh, immigration and worked within that realm and then changed my path in corporate into education and uh, went back and got some more schooling, went through some difficult times and some challenges. Yeah. Uh, again, guided by spirit and angels. But you didn't pursue the path per se of working in criminology. No. And that was something guided by them as well. Okay. Um, I didn't understand it at the time. It also uh, affected my family life and I had children now. So the perspective of that also changed me as a human being, let alone a spiritual being, (laughs) very much a human being. And, you know, knowing more than what meets the eye, I always just, you know, ask for guidance not knowing always what was, who was really guiding me on the other side. I've learned that right. over time, especially in the last little while where I had to embrace and trust and honor this oh, gift. Yeah. In way that I can. So. so when did you really embrace your gifts and really start to use them to help people? 
So as I mentioned, my dad is one of my guides on the other side and he ended up getting Alzheimer's. And so before he, he got to the level of, you know, couldn't communicate, couldn't articulate a lot of what he was thinking and saying, he wanted to make it very clear to me. And he said it to me Mm. because even still then I was reluctant, right? Because, you know, the world is very judgmental and I am a single parent and I have been for 17 years. And so I needed to work in a professional realm and, you know, the connotation of what that would mean and what consequences that would mean. But he said to me, you know, your purpose and you can't, you can try and hide it or try and put it in a box and try and forget about it. But spirit doesn't work that way. Right. This is part of your purpose and people are not going to understand it. And that's okay. You help the ones that need to be helped. And I thought, I can't do this. Like, I remember it was just like this mountainous thing that I was like, who am I to be able to do this? How? Like, I didn't know how I didn't like, I'd gone to a medium, one that actually had told me many years ago that I was also gifted. And I had never told her, she said, you are a light worker sister. And I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) you know, and she had offered at the time to also help me to develop the gift. And when I was ready, sadly, she's passed on. Okay. But uh, it was my dad really, that was like, no, you've got to do this. And then when he passed, it was the weirdest experience for me too, because as he was, you know, walking into the darkness, that is Alzheimer's and and we see them, we know them, but they've forgotten who we are. Right. I started having to communicate with him on a spiritual level, which for some people, that is even difficult to understand. Yeah. And so I would go and feed him and spend time with him about four times a week. And that's how he was communicating with me. And imagine you're sitting there and I'm feeding him and I'm feeding others, and you know, and he's, and I'm like, did you just say that? Like, because he was connecting with me yeah. and again you're not going to say anything yeah of course so and he said i will help you on the other side mm-hmm. and i remember saying to him i need people to help me understand how to best use this gift here right and he said i will send somebody for you and he wow. did actually two weeks after he passed a friend that i worked with uh, she knew this lady who was also medium and she's strong medium her name is is lana and she she does her practice through the hawk and i she was the one that kind of helped me embrace this and be able to do what i needed to do to understand it and to you know be able to use it to help people in a safe way so my dad and then sending me the help to actually be able to do this work wow that's just mind-blowing i think it's incredible It's still a lot to shoulder, though, and a lot to carry. I mean, I can't even imagine the weight of that for so many years on you. Yeah, I think for most of my years, it really was. But again, it's that fear of judgment and fear of, you know, what will people think and what will people say? And you have to have that trust, too, to be able to tell someone, I'm connecting to your loved one or this is about this. I'm being told that this is happening or that this is going to happen or that you've experienced this and that you need healing. How do you do that to like strangers or even in my own family? 
Yeah. You know, you do risk that and people start thinking, Oh my God, what does she know? And (laughs) Oh my God, what can she see? And (laughs) the reality is, is that I only see that which your angels, your guides and your loved ones absolutely need you to know at that time. Right. There's no judgment here. We are all walking this life through our lessons to learn what we need to learn. Yeah. So it's all done in love and light. I don't connect to anything dark. I don't connect Mm. to the dark side. I've, you know, I've called in my guides. I call in my angels to protect that realm. People do have that sense of, Oh my God, you know, and it's, it's something people can't see. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's hard to believe for some people, things you can't see. That's right. So, and that, that was also my own, perceptions and why I held it for so long. Yeah. But spirit only allows us to do that for so long and kept giving me certain experiences in my own life saying, hello, um, <laughs> Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> and the final big one was really the loss of my father, which yeah. was very hard for me because we were best friends. Yeah. So do you so, still carry as much of that weight in terms of, not wanting to share with people or feeling like you have to still keep it hidden as you did when you were younger. No. And that's been the difference since I've embraced this. Yeah. I've allowed guides, angels, ancestors to guide me and God. I rely on him a lot to show me what, what it is and who I need, what it is I need to do and who it is I need to help. And it's oddly enough, those people find me. (laughs) They come to me or they get, you know, somebody's talked to me and had a session and then somebody's talking to them. And the next thing you know, they're asking, can you help me? Yeah. And so for me, that is no longer a burden because to see the healing and the emotions and the sense of peace that the messages that the loved ones bring forth or the guidance that you know, their guides or their angels are bringing forth to see the peace and love and the comfort and the healing. Yeah. Now I'm like, I should have taken this on so many years ago Mm -hmm. and not cared about judgment and what people think. I mean, even in my own family circle, yeah, I've lost a lot of family members who don't accept this. Wow. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Now in my mind, I know the gift. I know where it comes from. I know what it's intended to do, not to harm, yeah, but to heal. Yeah. And so that's okay. They're not ready to receive. They're not ready to understand. And they don't want to because fear or whatever the case may be. Right. But I need to fulfill the purpose that's been set forth for my life's path. I can't even imagine the unburdening you must have felt. To be able to just, like, it must have been a complete, like the world lifted off of your shoulders. Completely. I feel like I can walk now without the heaviness of, oh my God, like, what do I do? How do I, you know, even I'm I'm my mom and I have children too, right? So the whole thing of how will this affect them? Right. Right. I don't worry about that anymore. Amazing. So do you believe then that everyone has the ability within them to communicate with the other side and be 
a, a spiritual medium or it's just a matter of whether or not and it's just a matter of whether or not these individuals actually tap into or discover the gifts so i can't say a definite yes but i do mm-hmm. believe that we're all intuitively connected okay i do believe that some of us have specific gifts outside of intuition that we're supposed to use. And if you're open to that, sometimes your intuition is the one that sets that trajectory of, okay, I'm feeling this. I'm sensing this. Is this what I'm supposed to do? And actually in my own gift, that's actually the guidance that I've given others as well, because they've come to me and because intuitively they feel like there's stuff going on or they're feeling this. And then, I open up the door to say, Hey, did you know that in an, you know, I'm being told that you're, you know, got shaman history here yeah. because we also lived past lives. And so a lot of times, and so that makes sense. And, and the inclination that you're feeling is that, yes, that's part of your purpose. And then people are like, Oh my God, I always thought that. And, <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes we just really have to sit and I find the world is shifting in that regard as well. And that we're becoming a lot more open. Yeah. And we're we're hungry to learn more about yeah. outside of what's just in the present. And I think we're going to see even more of a shift where more people through their intuition, through their connection with spirit are going to come by and start to really go, what's my gifts? How can I help? And the reality is you asked if people have the gift. I think we sense our loved ones. Yeah. It's just we dismiss it. And I can tell you, even myself doing this, I can't read for myself. They don't always tell me what's happening with me, which is annoying and frustrating (laughs) because I can help everyone else, but why (laughs) can't can't I help help myself? (laughs) It's it's very frustrating, but it's intentional because we all have to learn our lessons. Right. But my dad didn't come to me for two weeks after he passed. And I remember being so like, what's happened here? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I know he's there, but he's, you know, it's how we interpret too. At that time, I was heavy in grief, heavy in loss. And actually, when I went to meet Lana, that's when, you know, he's here. He just needs you to go through it all so that you can be ready. And and we all do that. So, yeah. So you had mentioned that you you feel like there's a, a big shift coming. Why do you think that is? Why do you feel or why do you think there is a shift coming? What leads you to believe that? I just think the world is just in need of love and compassion and understanding. And that, you know, with everything going on globally, this pandemic, politically, and the younger generation I'm finding, and I speak only from my own experience and my own kids, is that, you know, they're more in tune to wanting to learn more about what is outside of just the present world, you know, what, and the need to know that what's happening, this pandemic, you know, there's more to the world than just that. So I feel that people are hungry for that because there's so much anger and hatred and rage. And I find Right. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. I would agree with you on that. But, um, and people are just longing for peace and comfort and understanding and compassion of what's really going on. Yeah. And so those that are, you know, open to learning Mm. and connecting, if you want it, I believe you can have it. 
<laughs> so then I guess you would say then that the pandemic was kind of the pivotal or catalyst moment for the beginning of the shift, I guess. I think so. In my own opinion, I yeah. do believe that. And I think there's more shifts coming mm. on the way. But I think too, in that shift, a lot of things will be broken down in ways that most of us probably wouldn't have comprehended in a, in a different state, but right. things are changing for sure. Okay. Now you mentor and, and teach these gifts as well as obviously doing readings for people. So can you walk us through a bit of your approach when you decide to start mentoring or working with a client and on how to hone in and realize and start to craft these gifts? So really when I start doing that, especially on my mentoring ship or my, I do one hour sessions. Uh, I have a program that's based all on healing. Initially what those look like is I literally connect to the guide's and the ancestors uh, of that individual. And so one of the sessions, one of the programs that I've currently been running, one of my clients, 20 years, she's been in therapy. Yeah. And because there's a lot of healing, but the fact that I've helped her in two sessions alone, because (laughs) I connect, I connect to the underlying spiritual portion of what's ailing you. And going through her angels, her guides, her ancestors to unravel stuff that's kind of been there, but again, unspoken. Because even in sessions, you don't always want to bring stuff out. I make it very clear, whether it's a reading, whether it's a healing session, this is for the intention is always to heal, to bring peace and comfort, to answer any questions but understand there is no judgment here. Yeah. Again, back to no judgment. Always, judgment, right? you know, it's all to give you what you feel you need. Yeah. Sometimes things come out that they've had their whole life that need to be addressed so that they can have that healing that they right. are. And again, it lifts it right up off their shoulders. And then they're able to see with clear eyes. And I will often ask, this is what is being shown to me. Yeah. This is what we need to talk about. If you're comfortable, this is what's going to come up. And a lot of times they're, yeah, I have to pull them out of their comfort zone because that's what's sometimes ailing them the most. Right. The things that keep them there. And then they start to open up and get that healing and that comfort. And then the messages you know, what guidance they need start to come in, but it's all done with angels, guides, and ancestors communicating through me. Right. So you were able to give this woman in two sessions with you, what she could not accomplish in 20 years with a therapist. And it's because everything's hidden. That is unbelievable. And she said, like, I, I'm sleeping at night. I'm like walking around feeling good about who I am now. So we need more people like you helping people. Never mind therapists. Like, this is crazy. Well, and I don't discount therapy. No. Um, I've had it myself. And, you know, I've even studied it to some degree through right. my disciplines. I think there's a huge benefit to therapy. Right. Strategies, tools. Uh, resources Mm -hmm. to really help them. But the thing is you have to not allow 
I think what holds people back, not the therapy, but what holds people back is being fully open so to the reality that is their back. house. Yeah. Whereas spirit is like, okay, if you're in, this is, this is it. Yeah. And so they'll take you through the experiences that you may not want to reveal to a therapist right? because of fear and judgment. Yeah. Spirit will bring that forward. But think about that 20 years in therapy. Think about, I mean, the first money, of all, the, the time, time and the money. Yeah, yeah. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And you know, it hasn't been 20 straight years, but sporadically yeah. in 20 years she's gone and done. And I, you know, said, because here it's all open. Yeah. That's, right. That's got to feel incredible for you though, being able it's, to help someone in that way after all these years of a therapist, not being able to help someone uncover and unburden themselves. And then you come into the picture and in two sessions, like that's got to feel absolutely incredible for you. Yes. But it wasn't easy because no, of course you're opening up wounds. Yeah that have been temporarily bandaged yeah, or hidden, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, I have to tell you what they're saying. Yeah. And sometimes spirit will actually just speak through me. Right. It's, it's I'm open to whatever comes through and they'll yeah. just, you know, and that's why it's so important to understand this is for healing. This is not to hurt. This is not to ridicule. This is not to judge. Yeah. This is really just to bring full health healing to yeah. you. Yeah. To identify specifically what, when, where, who. But you're essentially ripping the band-aids off. Yeah. So that part's not always easy. Yeah, of course. There's pain there. Yes. But my guides always say it's healing. And yeah. that's the purpose. So speaking of which, what what is the most inspiring or exciting part of using your gifts? What 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 inspires you the most about it? The outcomes of what that does for people. Yeah. And you know, when people say you've changed my life, you know, or you've given me, you know, a whole different insight to my life's journey and, and what was really holding me back. And I'm able to do so much more and empowering them to see the healing, to see the comfort, to see the peace that yeah. they finally feel. That to me is the best gift ever of this gift, right? Yeah. And I always thank their ancestors. I thank their guides and I thank the angels because without them, I wouldn't be able to help that yeah. portion because it's all them doing the work. I'm just the caveat that gets to do the <laughs> Well, I mean, you can't downplay what you do because you're a huge part of this and and you're an integral part of it. So, I mean, I guess I could see how you would want to downplay it and it give all credit to the spirits and the guides and whatnot, but you're a huge part of that too. Yeah. I, I really take myself out of it more often than not. <laughs> yeah. That's just who you are, Maggie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is one common myth about your gifts that you would like to debunk that we work with, you know, witchcraft and curses. And I don't do any of that. <laughs> That's that doesn't even come into any of the realm in which I work. in. Yeah. And I have no desire at any point in time to ever do that. That doesn't help. And it's not part of who I am and the light. Yeah. That's scary. Cause as a light worker, that's your light. Yeah. 
that stuff is in the dark. So that and the myth that, oh my God, she sees and knows everything. So I don't <laughs> she can read my mind. I don't want her around here. <laughs> she can see it all. No, I see only what your guides want you to know. Yeah. And I don't just come up to you and start saying, blah, 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 blah. This is what you're showing me. Like, <laughs> you know, that's not, it's the integrity of this. And what yeah. I do is super important. And those others that also do this work, yeah, you know, there's integrity behind it. And so I will only connect with permission yeah, and approval right, with the understanding that this is for you. There are people, and you know, when I first started doing this, you know, people would show up and I'd be like, well, I don't know them. And you want me to speak to them? Like their spirits or their ancestors yeah. would show up. And I'm like, mm, I'm not like, cause again, I had to feel comfortable. Yeah. So I started, you know, sometimes I would say, you know, I, I know this sounds bizarre, but this is, you know, have you lost someone? And they'd look at me and then the odd person that's not open or fearful of what that looks like yeah. would just get angry. I've only had that once where they okay. got angry. And so then I started saying to spirit, you need to teach me and I need to teach you. So I literally will get a stoplight. So I ask your okay. loved ones come to me and they want to speak to you. Yeah. I will ask, are they open? And I'll literally either get a red light, a green light or a yellow light. but then if i get like that cautionary light yeah i will actually ask spirit if this is what you want and you want to communicate with them then you need to help orchestrate that right in whatever way that is okay and then normally they do and then it's like oh (laughs) you know and then the messages start coming through right how you know the beauty of all this is that you learn that you're never ever alone yeah they never leave us. How frustrating is it for you or laughable? I mean, maybe now you've gotten to the point where you just laugh it off. But when people think that or, or come across that way, it's like, oh, my God, she can read my mind. You need to stay away or whatever. Yeah. She knows what I'm thinking. Like, how do you deal with that? Is that? Well, I've even had it in my own family, right? Oh, God. So I'm not going to impose this on you and yeah. I'm not going to make you believe something or make you do something. That's not me. Yeah. Okay. So that's their own things that they have to deal with. Right. And so I send them off with love and light and hope that whatever they need, they find in whatever avenue they need to find. <laughs> I love it. So seeing that you connect with spirits on the other side, I'm going to assume that you can't just shut this off whenever you want. So how, how do you get a break or find peace from it all when you need a mental break? Because I'm sure you need that from time to time. Yeah. What do you do for Maggie? Like, how do you deal with that? So I've had to learn actually, and it's okay. still always a learning process for yeah. me. New things come up and I'm like, Whoa, what's this? <laughs> and so what I've had to learn, because in the beginning, when I was completely fully open to all of this and had embraced and trusted and they were everywhere and it yeah. was like, was happening and <laughs> I'd be wanting to sleep and they'd show up. And I know that sounds very, see, that sounds very foreign and illogical. Right. Like even just saying it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, what do they look like? Oh my God. Do they see you naked? Like that's what people <laughs> are thinking, right? <laughs> so, so I've had to 
teach them and teach myself to set the boundaries. Right. So I will ask them, yeah. I need to turn this off. I need to find my balance. I need sleep. Please come back in the morning. <laughs> you know, the office is closed. Please come back at 9am. <laughs> yes. And for the most part, they actually comply and it's okay. Like nine times out of 10, you know, yeah, they leave me be, but I had to learn that because I thought, Oh, I need to help them all. Oh my God. They're all here. I need to help. Right. Them. Right. But I don't tell people because they'll think, well, what Looney Tune sees all this stuff. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? I assure you, I'm a sound mind. Yes. There is no I know you are, Maggie. There. I know you are. But uh, <laughs> it's a foreign concept to a lot of people. But yeah. with them, I've asked them to respect my space, respect my time, because I can't help them if I'm fatigued. I can't help them if I get frustrated because I'm tired. Right. So. I ask them to be respectful. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll ask my guides, I'll ask archangels to come in and help me as well. And then, yeah, they usually, the odd one will be like, Hey, I mean, I'm still here. I'm like, well, I'm going to sleep. I'll talk to you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so that you said nine times out of 10. So yeah. that odd time then, is it their refusal to leave you alone or leave things be meaning there's something very urgent that they need to communicate yes with you and yeah and so then I have to settle them down right okay right and then yeah. a lot of times if I know who it is that um, they need to communicate then I may reach out a lot uh, of times sometimes it's people I've already connected with or worked with yeah in sessions where okay. their loved one needs to give them a message that's continued on to what they were talking about, whether it's days or weeks later. Right. And then they're like, please just convey the message. Okay. But because I've already had that relationship or I've already had that reading, I can say, I just wanted to let you know, so-and-so is here. Yeah. And wants you to absolutely know this. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, my God, I've been thinking about that. And, you know, I've been so worried and concerned about, you know. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, message given. And then they'll settle they, down. Wow. That is wild. And sometimes I'll just be sitting eating lunch. <laughs> and someone that, you know, <laughs> just comes by and says, hey, thank you. <laughs> you know? Yep, I do. <laughs> so. Maggie, what did you give up to get to where you are today? What did you have to sacrifice? Well, some family, uh, yeah. some friends, but the outcome, the purpose is much more important mm. than judgment, what they think, what they may think about me and all of this. I mean, if I've had to give up anything, it's really been that, but the benefit is I've also given up on the care for right. judgment and ridicule. Yeah. It is what it is. I didn't ask for this. Believe right. me. I didn't ask for this. Yeah. In fact, I pushed it off forever and yeah. they kept coming. But the reason it's been given to me is because it's intended to help people. Yeah. Serve a higher purpose. Purpose. Yeah. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Uh, belief in a God that I yeah. can't see, but I know. Mm -hmm. feel in here. Okay. 
How do you define success? What does that word mean to you? So I know people look at success like stature and where they've been. For me, it's how much healing someone's been able to achieve. Success is healing. Yeah. Success is healing. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? It's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> you can do it, Maggie. I know you can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like talking about myself. That's I know. <laughs> what makes me feel inspired? The fact that there's more to the world and the present than what we see, know, and hear within this dimension in this realm. But what inspires me in that as well is that I'd never walk alone and I am never alone in everything that's intended to be. Yeah. Will always be. Yeah. Okay. What is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? So I do a lot of reading and I was very close to my father and my dad gave me lots of good advice, especially (laughs) through really hard times Mm -hmm. and challenges in my life. And one of the things that he always said to me, never forget who you are and know always that everything you do is with love and compassion to help others. Very beautiful (laughs) and wise. No, that's okay. It's that's your dad. Don't trade that for all the money and all the materials in the world, because those things fall away. Yeah. But who you are and the character of what you carry inside of you are the gems of the world. Beautiful. Beautiful. Dad's a very, was a very wise man. Amazingly beautiful words. Maggie, what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after you learned it? Be who you are. And be comfortable in that because the world needs more of different than they need of the same. Yeah. Love it. What do you feel most grateful for in your life? Honestly, the best things are my daughters. <laughs> they are my greatest accomplishment, but they yeah. are the best things in life for me. So speaking of your daughters and going back to your gifts, do you, do any of your daughters Either of your daughters possess any of the gifts? So they do, but much like their mother. (laughs) (laughs) They refuse them? They don't want anything to do with it. But yes, they do connect. Um, Both of them? One is energy-based. Okay. Yeah, one is energy-based. So she's got a strong essence of energies within and around her. Uh And the other one sees, hears, and feels just like I do. Wow. But she's had that even as a kid really strongly. She doesn't, they don't, by the way, they don't want anybody to know that they have this. Right. They would rather just dismiss it altogether. Yeah. So much like you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And in their time and in their place, if this is something. But I think too, there's a component in every generation of this that, you know, is passed on. Like my dad had it. And nobody knew he had it either, which is interesting because my father never did this work. He would know stuff and, you know, but that's why he could relate to us so much. But that's why he also felt like he missed what he was supposed to do with it. Right, right. And didn't want me to miss what I was supposed to do with it. Right. Okay. That makes complete sense. Okay. We're going to jump into a rapid fire section now. So next grouping of questions just be (laughs) one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. Maggie, how would you describe yourself in one word? Light. I knew you were going to say that. I knew that was going to be your answer. (laughs) 
<laughs> what would your family and friends list as a couple of your best characteristics? Um, I know compassion is one and empathy is one. I'm very fun loving mm. and I'm kind and I'm caring. I know that. I can be a little bit athletically competitive as well. I know I'm getting <laughs> up there in the years, but um, that's part of the fun and learning. Yeah. <laughs> If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? I think it would really be what God spoke, love your neighbor as thyself. Okay. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Understanding. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? The need for compassion. What is your favorite stress-reducing activity? Well, in my older years, In meditation or walking, uh, trail walking, I used to run and do a lot of gym. I still, the gyms are closed right now. So I mean, for me, especially with this gift, it's a lot about meditation, walking within nature and trails. Mm -hmm. Um, It brings me balance and grounds me. Okay. The last book or podcast I listened to or read was? So I have to tell you, I have The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And what's interesting about that book is I bought it like, 15 years ago and every (laughs) every now and then I still will pull it out and read it yeah because and I realize now why that is (laughs) the alchemist is very much myself as well and very many of us yeah you know yeah what's the first thing you notice about a person their eyes oh I was I thought you're gonna say something else (laughs) I thought you're gonna say energy (laughs) their energy eyes are the window to the soul for me So Mm -hmm. that's how I connect, but energy would definitely be second for sure. Yeah. There we go. Who do you turn to when you feel stuck? Who used to be my father, but um, I've learned to sit with my guides to help me. And because we're never alone, I'm able to get messages like that. If I wasn't spiritually connected, I think it would be like one of my closest friends. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. That, that concludes our rapid fire section back to a regularly scheduled program. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie, what's your personal motto? Be who you are mm. and the world will adjust. Love it. I already know the answer to this one, but I'll ask it anyways. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? My dad. Yeah. Yeah. He opened me up to a world of so many things that, I probably wouldn't have been able to see, do, or know if mm-hmm. not for his guidance here on earth. What's an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? The return to life when I was 19. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure. What does the word empowerment mean to you? Standing strong with conviction and knowing who you are and what you are. And not receding to the expectations of the world, but your own expectations and working to get to those milestones and goals every day. Love it. What does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it? Again, questions about me, Brad. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, here, see, now I'm bringing you out of your comfort zone. (laughs) And this is how we grow. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. What's the best version of me? I think standing in my scars, but knowing that everything I've gone through was all for this 
for knowledge, understanding, love, and compassion. So standing there, seeing it all, the yeah. canvas of it, you know, with the cracks and, you know, the uh, wounds, but knowing yeah. that they were all worth it to make me who I am today. That is fucking powerful. I love it. <laughs> that is, that is truly powerful. Maggie, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> it, it sounds so simple. When but you it's think so about hard it. to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say? Life is a journey with many twists, turns, ups and downs, heartaches, challenges, victories, but everything in it has a lesson and a meaning. And it's what you do with those lessons and meanings that will transform the world. Amazing. Maggie, thank you so very much for taking the time to be here today and share your story and your journey. You are an incredibly beautiful human being and such an inspiration. I appreciate you and I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. You are just one hell of a woman and human being. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Well, Brad, I am honored and thankful that you've invited me to come here and uh, your light shines and continues to shine bright every day and brighter even more. So continue to do this work um, to empower and bring love and power to the women that surround you. I commend you on that because there aren't many men that are willing to stand in that. Uh, So you talk about me being a human, like a great human being. Well, takes a good human being to know a great human being. So thank you for all you do and the messages that you're spreading into the world and into the universe. So thank you for having me. Wow. Honor and a pleasure. Thank you. I am flattered and just honored to have you as a member of the empowerography community. So thank you. This has been amazing. Keep doing what you're doing, my friend. I will. Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Maggie Santos. She is a light worker, an energy and spiritual coach and intuitive. Thank you so much, Maggie. Have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.